This is the podcast for July 8th, 2011. It's not safe for work. Recorded live from David Brooks's ever-evolving Wikipedia page, it's The Professional Left with Drift Glass and Blue Gal. Start off by saying, "Hey, hey. we have hey. had a great week. We've had a great week on the podcast. Our yeah. numbers are way up, and we're very grateful to you. Yeah. Uh, whether you came from Liberal Oasis or from Facebook and all the new Facebook friends I have, we're just glad to have you guys with us. And thanks. Welcome. Yeah. And I have to say, it's quite a week when David Brooks actually makes headlines. He does. You know, he does. and he did. There are." <laughs> There are people who don't understand, and understandably so, don't understand why um, occasionally I, I take so much care to monitor the activities of and comment on Mr. Da- to the point Mr. David Brooks, to the point where I've become our resident, one of the resident in-house blogosphere experts on the comings and goings and opinions of Mr. Brooks. But he has established such a a uh, a powerful niche for himself in the political landscape. He, he is a an entity unto himself. He straddles three different media. He is uh, internationally known. He's not just known at the New York Times. Well, and you told me there's a there's a David Brooks app. Is that right for just for him? Is that correct? I, I don't know. Possibly. Oh, maybe you were maybe you were kidding. I could have been. I might have. Been. But he. But as as Mr. Fallows, James Fallows pointed out at a lecture I attended a long time ago, there's only one paper that really gets read in China to as a window on America mm-hmm. and the, on a regular basis. That's the New York Times. And he and Tom Friedman are the faces and voices of reasonable conservatism and neoconservatism for a billion people. He goes on any show he wants. He is the voice for an entire cohort of People who want to continue to believe in reasonable conservatives. Mm-hmm. He is their fig leaf. And, and that's why he, he doesn't need an invitation. Aspen Ideas Festival, TED Talk Shows, books, etc. And he does it in such a bland, tapioca kind of way that you hardly even notice that he completely dominates the conversation. Mm-hmm. And the reason he dominates it is because every single fucking David Brooks column is the same. With a few rare exceptions, it's Republicans did something terrible, but Democrats are bad too. So everybody's really equally to blame for everything. The villager lie that there's a perfect equivalence between the two political parties and, and two ideological sides, and he constantly rewrites his own history. He constantly yes. lies about what he said during the Iraq war. He constantly ignores or elides over or pretends that the last 30 years basically never happens. And because he is in such an incredibly powerful position, he gets to make that lie the common wisdom. Except that I think this week his bond portfolio spoke to him. Yes, it did. <laughs> it sure did. And said, you need to change your narrative a little bit and at least, and and you covered this very well in your blog, he was able miraculously to tell the Republicans that they will be blamed mm-hmm. if they allow America to default on its obligations. And, and he, he, he said uh, for the first time uh, in memory, mm-hmm. said Republicans are responsible for this fucking mess. Right. And they should pay. They will pay the price because they're not normal. Now, he phrased it this way. He said, a few years ago, 
a <laughs> faction of the Republican Party took over the party. And while I was out taking a leak, they just they snuck in the place and took the place over. And oh my fucking god, I came back in and all these crazy people were there. That's the lie, because they've always been there. But if if the minute David Brooks or David Frum or David Gregory or Andrew Sullivan or any of the rest of them who are deployed by the mainstream media to keep this lie in place, the minute any one of them admits that this has been going on for 20, 30 years, they lose all cachet as public intellectuals. Because mm-hmm. how, how much of a public intellectual could you have been to have been this fucking wrong about this really important thing your entire fucking life? Worse yet, you'd have to sit there and say, let's see. Let's go down the checklist of things that I've been wrong about for 25 years. Let's, let's look at the, this other checklist of people who've been right about it. Oh, my God. Liberals have been right about everything, and I've been wrong about everything. Why do I still have a job? Why am I still invited to TED Talks? Why am I still put on public television? Why am I still on the talk shows? Oh my goodness, I'm an idiot. Maybe I shouldn't have those professions. And that, and you'd see an entire domino effect of basically most of today's major media talking heads would lose their fucking jobs Mm -hmm. if they had to be held accountable for the shit they say, which is why they have a mutual non-aggression pact to never mention the fact that most of them are wrong most of the time. But you know However, what, Drift Glass, we're different. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> we're I know. podcasters. But, but, and the point, and I, I know I'm on my little soapbox here. I'm going to well, step off, yeah. I promise. But it's, <laughs> here's the thing. David Brooks made headline news all over the fucking country today yep. by changing his mind five degrees. Yep. Oh, my God. Even David Brooks says Republicans are crazy. Mm-hmm. And that became the dominant headline. So if you ever have any doubts about why going after fuckers like Brooks, Brooks especially Brooks, is important, it's that he controls the agenda. Mm-hmm. Changing his narrative slightly completely affected today's news cycle. Yep. And yesterday, and yesterday, yeah. power mm-hmm. that can drown people out or bring people up who have no business being drowned out or brought up, and that's why he needs to be. I don't, I don't want him stopped. I want a countervailing voice out there who can call him on his bullshit with a megaphone every bit as big as his. Then let the marketplace decide. <laughs> We're into free market journalism here. As yeah. long as both sides get some sort of, and that both sides can't be a. Reasonable Republican and a reasonable David Brooks. Yeah. <laughs> That's not yeah. both sides. You will, liberals will win a fair fight every time, which is why the which is why the mainstream press doesn't want a fair fight. Yeah, yeah. Because they'll lose and they know it. Yep, yep. Anyway, anyway, we are not like David Brooks. No, and we are more than willing to be held accountable for the words yes. we say. Are we not? Was that a good segue? I think it was. Brilliant segue, <laughs> Brooks. Brilliant. Segue. We. We love hearing from our listeners. And by the way, you can write to us at proleftpodcast at gmail.com. If you write us, however, we reserve the right to read your email on the air. Mm-hmm. And last week, after it, right after actually the podcast of last week was published, we, one of our early listeners, Alyssa, wrote us. And uh, we decided to read her letter on the air because it, it takes us to task. And we want to be held accountable for the things we say. Well, and let's, let's be clear. Alyssa is a friendly listener mm-hmm. who enjoys what we do and has a specific complaint or rebuttal she wants to make, which is a great thing. That's wonderful. Yeah, it really is. And, 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 her, and we're listening and, to her. I think we really are interested in what she has to say. And, and her so. rebuttal is not that everything sucks, everything's awful kind of thing that I just ignore because – it gets yeah. you nowhere. Hers is substantive. I haven't disagreed with it, but it's substantive. And she took the time to write. And so let's so hear what she here, had to Let's say. hear what Alyssa had to say. 
Hello, I'm a college student. I listen to your podcast pretty much every week and enjoy it so much. I agree with a lot of the things you say in your podcast, and I consider myself to be a far-left liberal. But lately, I think you two have been saturated in your own ideology. You've really polarized conservatives and Republicans from liberals. As if they're, bo- they're a conglomerate group of rich and immensely ignorant idiots with no humanity at all. We both know that isn't entirely true. In your most recent podcast, Bachman's Brain, which was very amusing, by the way, you say, ask the impossible. Ask the Republican Party to think of middle-class Americans as real people. If you were having a conversation with a Republican, I know you wouldn't say that because I know that you know that it isn't true. It probably comes out more harshly than you mean it, but you two come across as ignorant. Not grossly so, but it disappointment, di- excuse me, but it disappoints me to hear it because you probably know better. I'm not going to stand on my high horse and order that you educate yourselves. That would be <laughs> dumb. I just think that it would be a disservice to let yourselves fall into that ignorance trap that you criticize others for having. I just wanted to let you know as a friendly opinion from a frequent listener. Well, first of all, thank you, Alyssa, very mm-hmm. much for writing. That's a really clear, well-written textbook example. Textbook example of how to criticize somebody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, I do think we have to be careful not to dehumanize uh, our opponents. As I wrote to Alyssa, Republicans voted for same-sex marriage in New York State. They needed those votes mm-hmm. to get that vote through. And so we can be grateful for those kind of votes. Uh, I noticed that uh, one of the senators from uh, Alabama, it really shocked me today, I think it was Richard Shelby, said, and you know, of course he's Republican, said, look, we're going to have a vote on this debt ceiling, and we are going to solve it, and we're going to come to an, a deal, and we're going to make this happen, because we're not going to default, and that would be irresponsible. So he really took, you know, took the high road and said, no, this is, we're not going to hold a gun to anybody. We're real, this is going to pass. So um, not all Republicans are, what did she call them? Soulless. Rich, a group of rich and immensely ignorant idiots with no humanity at all. I, no. I don't feel that way. And I, it does, I think sometimes when we get on our soapboxes and get into our rants, it does come across that way. But However, like there are several unelected people who are what we might call soulless. Rush Limbaugh, Roger Ailes, the Koch brothers, and Grover Norquist are actually running the Republican Party right now. And and uh, Karl Rove. And Karl Rove. They have no accountability to anyone, and yet they run the show. Mm-hmm. And their only goal is to keep people stupid enough to disable the government and destroy the social safety net that built the middle class. So we're at war with them. Mm-hmm. And I want to be really clear about that. Part of it is they represent the ideology. Those people represent the ideology that we're at war with. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe we need to be more general and say that we're at war with the ideology. But we're at war, and we're not going to mince words about that. So, And then you had some things you wanted to say. Well, I would like to add uh, just uh, extemporaneously that I would not say rich and stupid. <laughs> <clears throat> but I would point out what Montgomery Burns said about ticket prices – when he bought, I think it was whatever the equivalent was for Ticketmaster on The Simpsons, you know, and he's chiding Smithers. Smithers, you said nobody will pay twice the ticket price for uh, for this kind of nonsense because 
festival rock shows guarantee a mix of the rich and the ignorant. Ah. And I'm sorry, but however much the rank-and-file Republican and I might have in common about a lot of things, and we do, and I know lots of conservatives and lots of Republicans, and we work together on things, we disagree about things. Let me be very clear. First thing is, if the subject turns to politics, I absolutely will call them on their politics. Mm -hmm. I will not say you're a bad person, but I will say, you know, Republicans are really idiots. Republicans are really monsters. That's the problem with this country. This country has a Republican problem. And I'll, I'll, and I have in my back pocket a, a list of facts and figures. And I'll just keep at them until they change the subject, which is fine, or agree with me, which is fine, or shrug their shoulders. Maybe I have a point, which is fine. But they're not used to hearing the liberal point of view from liberals. They're used mm-hmm. to hearing the liberal point of view from Rush Limbaugh. Right, right. Secondly, so they're the rank and file, and the rank and file of the GOP might very well be like a Confederate private in, in the Civil War, but they're still fighting for a really shitty cause, mm-hmm. and we have mm-hmm. to defeat them. Mm-hmm. And if they want to lay down their arms and say, you know what, we got this whole slavery thing wrong, <laughs> we're yeah. real sorry about it, we'd like to be, come back in the union, that's fine, all is forgiven. But they don't do that. They keep digging in deeper and deeper and getting angrier and more paranoid and more hateful and more vicious and – I, my frustration, my, my method of dealing with that mindset simply comes from exhausting every other possibility. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the, and, and my, my example is this. I, I would turn to 2001 because the only thing that saved conservatives from the righteous judgment of history for having fucked up, you know, having, having gone to war against liberals and Bill Clinton in the 90s, having whipped up anti-government friends. Remember, all this has happened before. Mm-hmm. Anybody who lived through the 90s has seen this whole fucking play before. Mm-hmm. The crazies whipped up by hate radio, the crazies ripped up, whipped up by TV, a bunch of demagogic politicians standing on top screaming, destroy the government, and then somebody lights off a bomb. And they go, oh, well, we went too far. But the same players, the same paranoia, the same hatred, the same anti-government bullshit that got Clinton investigated for everything from Christmas card lists Mm -hmm. to his personal history to got the president of the United States impeached on a whim Mm -hmm. and then got this half bright, dry drunk frat boy imbecile anointed president. Mm -hmm. Now, if roles had been reversed, Republicans would have burned the fucking city down Mm -hmm. over any of these issues, over impeaching one of their, one of their presidents for essentially nothing Mm -hmm. for dragging the entire party through investigations specifically to shut the government down and then for rigging up a Supreme Court decision to have their guy anointed. Are you fucking kidding? If we, if liberals had done that, Republicans would have, would have come out literally guns blazing. Mm-hmm. So yep. Bush gets into office. What does he do? Tax cut, tax cut, tax cut. Has to ram through the last tax cut, the big one, the big one that's wrecked the economy with 50 votes plus Dick Cheney. Right. You know, ran this horribly, terribly bad tax cut through on purely partisan lines to get rid of the surplus. Remember? Yeah. Clinton left us a surplus. And this imbecile was well on his way to becoming, you know, the, a la- one-term laughing stock when 9-11 happened. And, and the Republicans spent the next five years turning 9-11 into their personal credit card, calling anybody who stood in their way a traitor. Mm-hmm. They used it as a get out of the 90s free card. That's a phrase I've used before. They used it to pretend the 90s never happened. And meanwhile, 
So we're not allowed to talk about what they did during the Clinton administration. Well, and, and the Tea Party is the same way. The Tea Party is their get-out-of-Bush-free card, which is – Exactly. It's not about George Bush. It's about freedom, and I'm in the Tea Party now. So every So we don't have years, to mention the Republican Party anymore. Oh. Every, and every few years, they, they – they, 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 as I've said before also, the, the people, they have – instead of brains, they have that crap that they use for the Etch-a-Sketch. Yeah. And every few years, they just shake, shake, shake their little Flip brains. Flip it around, up, upside suddenly, down, and they're rebranded, and, and, and there you go. And, and, and we're saying they're slack-jawed going, how how could you be this fucking stupid? Mm-hmm. How could, and the answer is because it saves their soul. Yeah. Because they never have to account for the horrible decisions they've made. Because every for every politician that you might think is inexcusably evil, and I think Eric Cantor is one of those people, for example, every time a talk Rick radio, Perry is my personal yeah. Favorite. <laughs> well, and, and every every talk show host who is, is, is a loathsome person, remember, they only exist because millions and millions of people elect them or listen to them voluntarily. This is an entire subspecies of our democracy who has voluntarily lobotomized themselves yep. and has voluntarily walked themselves into mental, emotional, and religious slavery to terrible people. Yeah, and I was going to say, in the name of Jesus, it's what it, they're enslaving yeah. themselves. They're, they're voting against their own interests in the name of Jesus constantly. And they, yeah. and they fight like hell against anyone who tells them any different. Yeah. So, that is who they are. There isn't any... I can't... I, there is no... There's no way you're ever going to shake me loose from that opinion because it's the opinion based on direct observation of facts of American history over the last 30 years. Period. There's no there's no other way to look at American history other than that. So at the end of that 30-year period, my question for our listener, and I'm quite sincere about this, is what do you want to do? What's your solution? If you have a magic set of words I can use to, when talking to conservatives, will make them stop behaving like rat fucking bastards that they are when they go to the polls or when they listen to Rush Limbaugh make them hang up on him stop listening to him stop voting against their interests and mine I'm all for it but I, I don't know what they are Yeah. and the last yeah. time this country was this polarized it took union bayonets to settle the issue and that scares the shit out of me but pretending it's not happening pretending yeah, right. that if we just clap and wish it away it'll go away that, that doesn't work well and I don't think that's what our Correspondent no, no. was saying at all, not, you know, not at all. And and I and I deeply appreciate the thought that went into it. And I'm sincerely looking for another way out of this mess. But every time we, you know, every and I'm time, also very happy to be more cautious with our rhetoric in terms of not calling them soulless or irredeemable because I think they can't. Some of them are waking up to buyer's regret. If some of these mm-hmm. boots on the ground are looking at. You know, the war between the states is saying, wait a minute, maybe maybe I am on the wrong side here because they're trying to take away my pension, mm-hmm. you know, or they child labor. Really? We're going back to child labor. What's that about? And, and asking the question. And that's healthy. And all and all I would ask of any of them, mm-hmm. this is how they <laughs> this is how they win me back. This is how a conser- you want to win me back. You're a Republican, you're a conservative. Um, you're David Brooks. Here's all you have to do to win me back. Quit pretending that this just happened yesterday. Yeah, yeah. Quit it. Just quit it. Quit lying to me because I know better, and you're insulting my intelligence by doing it. And quit lying to yourself that this is just a recent occurrence and that you didn't know about it, and you had no idea where those freight trains were going as they rumbled past you in the middle of the night in Germany. Mm -hmm. You knew Mm -hmm. goddamn well where they were going. You just didn't want to know. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. you've you've held yourself, you've buried your head in the sand for 20, 30 years pretending that it wasn't that they weren't really this this bad. They weren't really this awful. 
Well, mm-hmm. people like me were telling you, yes, they were. Well, now here we are. Who is right and who is wrong? All I'm asking for is that you quit lying to yourself. Yep. And and occasionally. Because guess what? Uh, there are no WMDs. No. <laughs> they still haven't found them. <laughs> I feel it would be really nice if you want to if you want to go the extra mile, my conservative friend. Apologize. Well, and you know the thing is, if they either say it started 90 minutes ago. Or they pretend when, like Condi Rice did, did with Lawrence O'Donnell, that it's still 2002. Right. And so they, she can stare at him with glass eyes and say, "Oh no, Saddam Hussein was a bad man, and we had to kill him, and it was a, a good cause because he was terrorizing his own people, and and nothing about WMDs or yellow cake or aluminum tubes or, you know." All of the lies that went into making Dick Cheney rich. Oh, by the way, the war is going to pay for itself, and we're going to be greeted as liberators. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. you know, it's oh no, it's two thousand two again. And if if you can do that, I admire that amount of bald faced lying. Well, but clearly, not- clearly, their portfolios are doing the talking. That's what makes this bond issue and this default issue. And it's not a debt ceiling issue, people. It is a default crisis that we're facing. Let's let's forget about yesterday, blue gal. <laughs> let's let's be good little conservatives and forget about everything that's happened up until now. <laughs> to tie all this up with a pretty bow, huh? <laughs> you at least did get a Republico link out of it. Uh, that's true. That's true. We don't yeah. call it Politico. We call it Republico. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, that's my, so I, I, my dreams have, are now all fulfilled. <laughs> I can now die a happy blogger. Yeah. <sighs> yes. I'm in, I'm in Republico. They linked to me and they got it wrong. Yeah. So. Well, see, and then that gave you an opportunity to write another post. So good yeah. for you. Yeah. Um, I also wanted to let people know a couple of people have contacted us via Facebook. And uh, listener Tyler wrote us via Facebook and said, I know you probably don't want to, but I think you and Drift Class should mention Casey Anthony in the context of 12 Angry Men on the next <laughs> podcast. Ha, 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 And we had a conversation on uh, Facebook chat about, well, it's funny you should mention that. We've been watching 12 Angry Men clips on YouTube and also... Uh, seven days in May, uh, uh-huh. we've been watching. So, anytime anyone wants to throw in an old Cold War or non Cold War movie mm-hmm. uh, reference into the convo, just write us. <laughs> we'll be do. happy to do that. I don't have and, anything to say about the Casey Anthony trial. I did not watch one minute of it. No. So, don't know, don't yeah, care. Don't write. So that's that. Although, yeah. although I will say, Chris. Chris uh, Hayes. Everyone's talking about Chris Hayes' commentary on he, he's filling in for Lawrence this week, and his commentary on all of the African Americans sitting on death row for killing white people when they didn't do it. Yeah. And you know it, but the fact that it's cute girl who might get a porn contract after this, you know, that makes everybody pay attention. So. Yeah. Anyway. Um, it's that's, not. That's all. Yeah, it, it's it's in prison terms. It's not who you are. It's who you kill. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's right. But also, and the distance and, between you and them, class wise. And it's exactly. And it, this is sensational in part because of the class that this woman is in, and yeah. the fact that women of a better class who have time to sit and watch this on TV and mm-hmm. gasp with Nancy Grace about how awful a mother this person is, uh-huh. uh, you know. 
and and have already passed judgment on her that way. Anyway, it that's what made it so sensational. Absolutely. You, you, you want to make a bet, Blue Gal? This is one that can't be proved or proven. Well, then um, it's not a bet. Well, I know, but it's it's <laughs> it's, it's it's a Tom Frieden hypothetical bet. All right, we well, go ahead. What, here's what Barack Obama should say. Yeah, shut up, Tom. Um, <laughs> would you like to bet that the the people who lived, you know, up to their chin in this trial for, you know, months, mm-hmm. um, are the same people who say they don't have time to follow politics? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You know, I don't know who's on the Supreme Court. I don't know. It's, it's, it's complicated. I don't have. A, I got. I got the part of stuff to no, do. You, you can see. You can see that on Facebook. You can see yeah. people that are con- t- talking about this are uh, stay-at-home white evangelical moms mm-hmm. who feel uh, who probably have a sense of insecurity about their class. You know, but no, I'm I'm a better mom than her. So, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, yep. I, did, I don't get drunk and I don't, you know, my baby didn't die because I watch my baby and I'm this and that and I'm better. I'm a better person than you. And it's every other reality show is like that. Not to this extent, but mm-hmm. every reality show in America can be called. See, you're not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, or I'll my balls. I'll my balls. <laughs> well, those are the guy ones. Yeah. I'll my balls. <laughs> You know, I I uh, surfed through one tonight. What was it? Uh, Dumbest car crashes five <laughs> on Spike. <laughs> Spike that sh- that network has nonstop you know Star Wars or stupid Hicks getting into car crashes. You yeah. know, you know the the last. What, <laughs> I've said this before. The the last and mind you, I come from hillbilly stock. So. Oh, me too. What, oh yeah. What are, the, what, are the, what are hillbillies usually a hillbilly's last words? Watch this. <laughs> What's this do? Yeah. And he's done. And he's Well, I, I was thinking about – it's funny you should say that because when Rick Santorum was on CNN this week and talking about – I was so grateful that that journalist, Al Velshi – Ali Velshi, excuse Ali me, Velshi. who incidentally – was really born in Kenya, motherfuckers. <laughs> so, <laughs> really, go Ali. He was, yes, he was, wow. and uh, he well, committed journalism this week because he was interviewing Rick Santorum. And first of all, Rick Santorum made the mistake, which is you know forgivable, of instead of two point four million jobs, and he was tossing that number around. He said Barack Obama only created 240 million jobs, which mean, would mean that every worker in America had 1.5 jobs, and we were Yay. at full employment. You know, and some but, of the dues, but yeah, that's but, there. But the point that Alvi made with Rick Santorum was: Wait a minute, Rick Santorum was talking about job loss under Obama, right. and how. Instead of creating 280 million jobs, we've only created 240, so we've lost 40,000, 40 million jobs, and it's all Obama's fault. <laughs> and uh, Ali Velshi just went, wait a minute. I hope you're not going to put that on your bumper sticker. Barack Obama only created 240 million jobs, because that's going to be a fail for you. <laughs> but it reminded me, and I don't know whether this is going to ring funny. It rings hilarious in our family. But my grandfather, Grandpa Kaiser, used to tell tall tales from southern Ohio. And they were about a lady named Talithi Filkins. And Talithi, Ma Filkins, Ma Filkins was Talithi's mother. And she would have been sitting having tea with other ladies. And they would all be talking about their children's grades. And, you know, so-and-so has a 4.0, and 
so-and-so has a 3.8. And Ms. Filkins, the mom, just piped right up and said, well, to life if Filkins has a thousand grades. (laughs) (laughs) And there's another story about the president uh, driving by, and she's out collecting chips, which are, you know, cow manure patties to burn in the stove. That's what you did. That's how poor they were in southern Ohio. They would walk around collecting shit to burn in your stove, keep you warm. And she was collecting chips, and she swears that the president drove by in his motorcade. <laughs> And she threw a chip, and this must have been Hoover. I mean, it had to have been, you know. It was back in the the 20s or 30s or when, I don't know. And anyway, the president's motor, she swears the president's motorcade drove by, and she threw a chip at him. And so the motorcade stopped, and she yelled out, Hello, Mr. President! And he yelled out, Hello, Miss Filkins! <laughs> Jesus. I mean, these are stories from my childhood of just, you know. But when I heard about Rick Santorum having Barack Obama only created 240 million jobs. (laughs) That's that's the same as Delithy Filkin's thousand grades. Both both of them, by the way, coincidentally, are proud graduates of the Dunning-Kruger High School. And if you don't Bring know this back to a mental level conversation. Go, go look it up. Go look it up. <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna. But you, you'll laugh. On that note. Well, and just to be, just to be clear, if if you are a single mom who really is collecting, you know, cow chips to burn for her yeah. family to keep them warm. If you're a single mom working two and a half or three jobs to feed yeah, your family right, and, right. and put a roof over their head and keep them from starvation. And, the, and that's the reason you don't follow politics because you're like exhausted and busy all the time. Yeah. God right. bless you. I, you know, of course you are. You know, yeah. that's. But those aren't the people leaving thirty comments a day about Casey Anthony on Facebook. No. You're, <laughs> so you're, let's be clear. You're the, person, you're the person the government should be working hardest for. Yes. Right. If you're, if you're, if you can't quite follow politics. Because you're too busy leaving 30 comments on Facebook about some bullshit trial or some bullshit reality show, then you're really not a very good citizen. And maybe you should consider (laughs) sitting this one out. Or if we're wondering, who the fuck are these 50% of the people that can never be bothered to drag their fat asses to the the polling place and do anything about the problems that they've spent their life bitching about? It's those people. Well, or people that spend, you know, 60 cents a piece. To text their vote for American Idol. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but they can't be bothered to go to the polls and vote for, and, and we their, or don't God know who their congressman day. is, you know, yeah. Anyway, yeah. Let, we'd like to thank our listeners. You guys are great. We're so glad to hear from you. You can write to us, again, at proleftpodcast at gmail.com. We have a website, and I... <laughs> Google is changing everything now, Drift Class. I don't know if you heard. They're giving up the blogger brand and going to Google+. We don't know what that's going to mean for our websites and all that, but so far we are still at professionalleft.blogspot.com where you can listen to us for free with no download and no registration. Some people like to do that. Uh, We are also on iTunes, and we love our iTunes listeners. iTunes is also in the midst of changes, and I'm I'm no longer asking people to rate or review us on iTunes until they get that straightened out. It's 
different on Macs and different on PCs and different on mobile and you just don't need to do that right now. But user hostile, if you will. It's, it's really it's it's confusing. So, however, you can however, still listen to us there. You can still listen reason. to us, and you can listen to us on iTunes, and you can also like us on Facebook. There is a link to our Facebook page at our website, professionalleft.blogspot.com. And again, our Facebook fans are out of control and very enthusiastic, and a great group of people. And uh, I am, again, still trying to catch up with friending everyone who likes us on Facebook personally. But if you like us on Facebook this week, I will come by and uh, friend you and you can – we'll get connected via Facebook. That's my point. So look forward to that. At our website, professionalleft.blogspot.com, there's an opportunity for you to pitch some money in the hat. Uh, Five bucks is great or more if you have it uh, to keep this podcast going. And we appreciate your financial vote of confidence so very much. Uh, if we still have a few notepads left, if you contribute $15 or more, we are happy to mail you by snail mail a little notepad with the Professional Left Podcast with Drift Glass and Blue Gal. Podcasting, it says podcasting from Netroots Nation on iTunes and at professionalleft.blogspot.com. We handed these out at Netroots Nation and we have extras left over. So we are uh, sharing them with people who contribute more than $15, $15 or more, and we're glad to do that. And I actually sent one, packed one up today for Ireland and packed one up today for Australia. So we have oh some God. overseas people who are going to eventually get a <laughs> I don't know how long that's going to take, but, you know, from around the world, people are going to be writing their grocery lists on professional <laughs> left notepad paper. So we've got that going for us, Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Somewhere in Australia, someone is starting a campfire with our (laughs) notepad, and we appreciate it. Hey, it's going to wind up in the recycle bin. We know our listeners very well, so we appreciate you guys so much, and thank you. I have a question for you, Blue Gal. Yeah, it's your turn, isn't it? Yeah. How are the Internet Kitties doing this week? We moved the Internet Kitties down to the country house. We did. They moved to Casa Blue Gal. Yep. And, yeah, they have a message for our listeners. They do. They say, yeah, yeah, you can move the kitty out of the city, but an Internet kitty is at home wherever she goes. Let's think about living. Let's think about loving. Let's think about the hooping and the hopping and the bopping and the loving, loving, loving. Let's forget about the whining and the crying and the shooting and the dying and the fellow with a switchblade knife. Let's think about living. Let's think about life. This podcast is recorded under a Creative Commons license. Copyright 2011, Drift Glass Blue Gal Podcast. Well then, we so, seem to be ready to podcast. We seem to. <laughs> Perhaps we should begin the podcast now <laughs> with some remarks of some kind. Of some kind we, about political things and governance and so on. Perhaps witty with a touch of uh, current events mixed in would be delightful as well. And a little treason. It's the professional left with Drift Glass and Blue Gal. Okay, you broke up there under Gal. Say Drift Glass and Blue Gal again. Drift Glass and Blue Gal again. Don't be a smart ass. <laughs> hey, I'm talent. <laughs> <laughs>